episode 443 of the Steel Cage podcast. My name is Derek Montilla, and I am usually known as the mayor of Reseda, California, but I was recently informed that I have been let go. Uh, joining me are two other guys who also no longer have jobs. Uh, first to my left, he's acquiring food stamps right now as we speak. It's Uncle Beak. Oh, that shit hits home. Uh, I, I grew up on fucking food too, I'm sorry. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor kid. The kid once made up a song when I was a kid about uh, okay. me being on welfare to this uh, rhythm of Mama said knock you out. So it's a very tragic thing that happened to me. As oh a my god! Thank you very much. Wow, I'm glad I'm digging deep. <laughs> <laughs> All true. All Just true. eat another drug. Well, that voice you heard is applying for unemployment in the state of Arizona, but they are once again acquiring him to apply for jobs. So he said, screw it. It's T.O. Neo. Yeah, they, they fired me from the temple. Cannot cannot clean blood. Cannot wash jock straps anymore. No more. No more. No more sleeping up. They were basically consolidating down our cleaning services to one dude. Mm -hmm. And it's Justin, the referee. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that piece of shit. And he has to clean everything. They, they, Justin, uh, I still remember what you did to Candace and Bola in 2014, and I will never forgive you. Um, Josh, do we have any emails? No, no, we don't. You know why? Because everybody's been fired, everybody's been let go. <laughs> I think we're gonna fire Josh this time around. Yeah, Josh is fired. Uh, I think, uh, we were gonna have uh, Super Jude Jared Rabinovitz on this show, but we fired him. Uh, we let go of all editors and staff. And pretty much this is it, the three of us. And unfortunately, I was tasked to uh, tell the both of you that we work, now, we work for Wrestle Stamps. So they clean shopped. Yeah. But guess uh, what, guys? We're still here. We're persevering. We're going to record this episode for y'all. All right. Y'all's. Well, yeah, you can't do. What do you say to that, Nick Khan? Yeah. Yeah. Beaks, Beaks recording this for God's sake. Can you believe that? Uh, the news came out today, again, via Sean Sapp on Twitter uh, and eventually WWE's own account that they had released several superstars, including Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, Lana, Buddy Murphy, Santana Garrett. So bad. And I think that's it. Did I miss anybody? Ruby Tom, Ryan. Tom Phillips yeah, recently. Tom Phillips recently. Um, and Alex then uh, Wolf. VD, uh, also known as Velveteen Dream, Jessamine Duke, Vanessa Bourne, Brandy Lauren, Kavita, Ezra, Jake Clemens, Drake, Drake. Uh, Mark Carano, the guy that lets everybody go, got let go. Samoa <laughs> he Joe. had to call himself in the mirror. <laughs> Can you imagine Mark Carano having to call himself to let himself go? What an awkward conversation that had. And to Mark, be. hey, I hope nobody finds about those belts I stole. Yeah, I wonder if he jumped on Zoom and had a Zoom meeting with himself or if he just did it over the phone. I bet he texted himself. Yeah, he's that like drinking red wine. Best of luck in your future endeavors. And it was a box of red wine. Yeah, yeah. Franzia. Oh, man, just hitting it up like this. Franzia. You know, and then uh, the uh, the, the those, by the way, you don't have to leave them in the box. It's a bag inside the box. You can just yeah, pop it's, that it's bag out. Oh, so it's a. Squeeze it right into your mouth so like you a just, giant Capri Sun. You can just yeah. literally IV that thing then, really. Correct. If you got a yeah. steady hand. See, 
you're getting it. You get it. This guy gets it. Uh, well, also, Drake tested positive. He revealed today, or not today, but recently, that he tested positive for COVID. The COVID denying oh, ghost. Yes. Are you shitting me? No. He really tested positive for he COVID. He admitted that at one point. That's I don't karma. know if it was recently, but at one point oh he did God. test positive. The COVID denying dope. Oh, COVID makes fools of so many people that don't want to claim its existence not to sidetrack us completely by the way no i mean drake wirtz was recently let go and so that's valid and it's it's a it's a relevant <laughs> comment to make i find it to be personally hilarious uh whatever i mean that's just karma for you right i mean you can't go around pretending like something like this doesn't exist like it's some sort of conspiracy cover-up to kill hundreds of thousands of americans uh, well, he probably not, decided that he got it and survived because it's just more evidence like this shit is bullshit. Pe uh, people survive it. It says more credence to him, probably. It's so it's it that's nuts to me because I mean you're probably right. Yeah. But uh it's definitely, I feel like that thing trying to remind you that you are not uh you you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Great. Uh, but Drake uses that for all sorts of his personal agenda. And to be honest, that personal agenda, the QAnon uh, agenda, was something I was surprised today to find out that was kind of following Aleister Black around. Not that yeah. Aleister Black believes in any of that or that he's a part of any of that, but apparently that QAnon supporters believe that Aleister Black was somehow involved with pedophilia based on his character and his tattoos and things like that holy shit his history with being you know his his, his history with his uh parents who who worship who were luciferians who as he says which is different than like satanists right yeah like there's just different degrees to this thing his character is very real but at the same time he admitted today while he was doing this lengthy discussion on twitch about just everything that went on with his character in wwe was pretty eye-opening like first of all they've they've protected alistair black's character so much that to hear him talk as much as he did today on on tia trinidad's twitch was mind-blowing this this guy had like five years of pent-up stuff he's been wanting to talk about that he just let all out he literally said the last two years of his WWE career were like a slow death. You can imagine that. Just you personifying like your time somewhere is like dying. But also slowly. at the same time, it being your dream job. Like you, you go to achieve your dream. And when you get there, you're like, holy shit, this is hell. That's, this the, is biggest, hell. that's the biggest thing that I find to be disappointing, right? Is like WWE, you get there and not only is it difficult to stand out and, and make yourself a, a top person in the company, right? But on top of that, the schedule is absolutely rigorous. And, um, you know, at least they had this time off for, for this period while they were in the Thunderdome. But starting yeah, yeah. At the, in the middle of July, they're going to go back on the road. Yep. And they're going to go right back to that rigorous schedule. There's not a lot about WWE working for them that's very forgiving. It feels like even when you have a top spot in the company, like what Braun Strowman seemed to have, uh, obtain, you're, you're still not safe, right? Strowman outperformed, or let's we'll say out, he outkicked his coverage, right? 100%. Like, 
you know, Strowman at best was seen at times as being just a heavy, a guy that was going to be with the Wyatt family or with somebody else, maybe as their bodyguard or something like that. Instead, he broke out as a top guy within the company. He broke he out. He was legitimately the hottest thing they had for a good period of time. Yeah. And, and then was... they just totally like, Ugh. I, I, I wonder if it actually was him or them just like, yeah, maybe it's, he's not ready quite yet. Let's just wait and we'll do it again but, later. But Beak, let's not forget that he was champion, like really, like not too long ago. He also. I, but that was even more like it felt like way too late when the roman had the title why oh. before roman even got sick and left braun Strowman was legitimately the hottest guy on both shows and he, they just he should have beat roman for the title at that time and he they didn't and that's the thing like how how are you going to fizzle something like that when we've always wanted braun Strowman to have the title to have this monstrous run or and a guy you, who gets over on his own to actually get pushed yeah. like, this is a guy who Fans just started to cheer for, and they're like, "All right, let's run with it." Let's and also why not, did they throw that shit away, Derek. Let's also not forget that he's also that. Remember that green championship that he won in India? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ah. greatest, whatever. He's never defended it, oh, and never. longest running it was like a a thousand days or something. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna eclipse Bruno San Martino at this point. Now, from my understanding, a lot of it had to do with Braun's contract and how much he was getting paid. Yeah. So on one hand, good for him. Good for him for at some point uh, securing that bag. Because obviously it was during a period of time. It was a, a big bag. WWE was making big bag. I got the biggest bag. I mean, <laughs> it, obviously it ends up costing him because, you know, you, you get to a point where you're kind of a liability. You know, you make so much money. It's kind oh, of yeah, like yeah. Uh, an athlete that got a big contract but they're not performing at yeah. the, the level that they were when they got signed. Right. But he was performing. That's the only I'm not thing. saying he wasn't, but I'm saying like, they kind of squeezed that orange for all that they could, you well, know, they yeah, tried to get Ron over. They tried to do a couple of different things with him. They tried to have him heal. They tried to have him face. Nothing really seemed like they, they gave me choo choo train noises. They did. They gave him all the train noises. It was they, so dumb. They gave him a shirt with his face on the front of the train. Like he was tanked. The, Thomas, Thomas the tank train, shit. You know, I don't, I, I don't know what to say other than after a while, you realize that you kind of are overpaying someone just like a, just like a baseball team. Like I made that joke today about the diamond or about the, the WWE taking over the Tampa Bay Rays mentality when it came to roster management. Right. But the one thing that the Tampa Bay Rays don't do is overpay for anybody. It doesn't matter how valuable you are to the team. As far as they're concerned, they can find another guy like you. So they'll tank and they'll get rid of you and they won't pay you their contract. And in three seasons, they'll be right back to being just as good as they were because they got some prospects. They found some young draft picks and somehow they put it all together where the young guys are doing just as good as these guys that wanted like, you know, 45 to $50 million a year and shit like that. Right. Yeah. When it comes to WWE, they create their own stars. They do their own thing. Like Braun Strowman. So, like Braun Strowman. Now, the one thing about Braun Strowman is, is he's an athletic big man that can wrestle and has charisma and kind of has it all. That's kind of rare, right? Like Big Show made a career off of just being big when he really wasn't talented in any other way. You know, I love Big Show. Don't get me wrong. I've watched pretty much the entire time I've been watching wrestling. Big Show is awesome. I've watched Paul White. 
from like the time I came back, he was just debuting in WCW up until like now where he left WWE. He's he he is one of the oodles and oodles of people that were let go by the way this year by WWE. The list is insane. Braun Strowman, Alistair Black, Lana, Buddy Murphy, Santana Garrett, Alexander Wolf, uh, Vanessa Bourne, Jessamine Duke, Velveteen Dream. I mean, these guys, Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton, Mickey, Chelsea Green, Kalisto, Tucker, Bo Dallas, uh, Blake Murphy, Andrade, Zelina, which I don't think, I think I was wrong on that. Blake Murphy. Did I mess that up? Blank Murphy. Wesley Blake. <laughs> um, and then um, we said Tom Phillips, and then the other commentator. Mark Sullivan. What, yeah, was, the other, um, what was the other commentator? Burke. Adnan? At, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He was let go already. That was a bummer. I like that. It's been a while like here. Like, I, I will say that um, like some of the ones that were let go today were very surprising. Right? Um, I think the one thing which this doesn't this doesn't spe- this doesn't really kind of cover everybody but in a way everybody that was recently let go has or at least in 20, 2001 or 2021 they they've gotten rid of anybody that had any kind of controversy in a way attached to them right like Braun got a lot of bad. Not problems. everybody, good amount, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is it doesn't yeah. it doesn't cover everybody? But I'm just saying. Obviously, obviously, there's the Velveteen Dream situation and Lars Sullivan that got addressed, and those are things that were kind of well known, and people kind of questioned even why those guys were still with the company at one point. Uh, but like even Braun, with some of the comments he's made. You know, uh, Alistair Black, like I said, they shitting just, on indie wrestling. Remember that, man? Yeah, just the whole pull yourself up by your bootstrap stuff. Um, you had Alistair Black, who, who, like I said, had this weird as he as he talked about today, this weird um, thing where people thought he was part of, you know, some sort of pedophilia thing, uh, just based on his tattoos. Drake Wirtz was like, no, obviously we know what, what was going yeah. on. We talked about the, the QAnon possibilities for sure. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of stuff there that it feels like WWE and the new kind of um, focus for the future Yeah, was, was kind of just to part ways with anybody that it seemed like they had uh, a public scrutiny against them in some way. Even Santana Garrett was linked to well, Jason Ranks. Well, fair? she also had a video posted recently where she was cruising in the water down this path. Oh, yeah. Waterway starts zooming in on fuck Biden and Trump 2024 or posters or whatever the fuck. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, the Chase and Rance thing immediately, you're like, oh, sus, 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 but, sus. But when, when Alistair Black went on Twitch today, he said that he was told that it was because of the budget cuts which is weird because they just invested a bunch of, or they, you know, they, they paid him obviously to stay off TV and then they reintroduced him to with Big E Strong. and he was getting a bunch of stuff. Don't know. even get me started on the amount of money that they have invested in Alistair Black recently. You remember his sweet intro? That costs a lot of money. Dude, they were talking about how that, that. It's literally like one hand isn't talking to the other. Like, uh, wait a minute. Didn't we just put a ton of money? Yeah, but we we weren't really into that at all. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> he had an animated 
promo segment every week on SmackDown. Yeah, that, leading up to it. It had animation with it. Like, that's so fucking wild because some people don't even get proper lighting when they're <laughs> doing and they're coming yeah. back like this. And this motherfucker got animation. He got a sweet pair of David Koresh fucking glasses. They had him. He, he got a it, sweet contact lens. His T-shirt, his T-shirt is still in the pre-order phase on <laughs> WWE shop. You can still pull that. Buy it. I don't know. No, it's still no. There. They probably still want that change. Like, they yeah, want that money. Give yeah. me that money. I mean, I've get that guys back. that have been. I've I've seen guys that are fired that had their merch in the clearance section for like six months after they were gone. You know, honestly, yeah, one time like, I saw a Zack Ryder shirt pop up on the clearance, and I didn't really was a clearance. I'm like, is Zack Ryder coming back? Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, I I was I was actually flipping through the clearance section when I saw this Alistair Black shirt. And um, I think I saw a Lars Sullivan shirt. I'm like, that guy's been gone forever, though. Oh, that sounds that would be like a collector's item. So you check this out. It's still it's, just, it's still right here. Uh, still right there, and it's a sweet ass shirt too. Yeah, it's a here, thing, pre-order. It's a sweet story. I mean, I think of Alistair Black a lot of times. My that. concern was that metal. they were going to drop the ball with Alistair Black. Like they weren't going to know what to do with his character because he's so dark and he's so legitimately what he is, right? He talked a lot today on the Twitch stream about how, you know, there's a lot of kind of ignorance about like who he is as a character versus who he is as a person. A lot of rumors and speculation kind of lead to his legendary status kind of coming up where people think all this stuff is true about him when in fact it's not. He did do a great podcast one time though with Colt Cabana on the art of wrestling. And he talked a lot about his family being uh, Luciferians and on how weird his um, upbringing was and just a lot of it explained how kind of dark of a guy he is and everything that he is right but he legitimately seemed to me like one of the coolest most interesting professional wrestlers that I had heard speak or just as far as the overall package was concerned awesome presentation well, and I just they're... never thought and that, I, I never th- I've never seen anything like him and because of that, I was like, this guy is going to be the biggest fucking thing in wrestling. And that that even included him getting signed by WWE. Because I was like, ah, it doesn't matter. He's too cool for WWE to fuck up. And they really didn't. Like, they really didn't. I think I said that too, dude. I, I literally think I, I think I said that. I got to go delete that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anyone to bring that up. No, it's true though, right? Because it's like he was such a perfect character that it's like, Unless they change everything about him and give him the worst gimmick ever, there's no way they can mess this up. And they really well, they and let's not forget, like he he messed up or he didn't mess up. I'm sorry, they messed him up when he they, he moved to the main roster because in well, NXT they didn't, they didn't give him anything. Like all they gave yeah, him, they put him was, in a room asking for people to stop by and say hello. Correct. Well, that and the weird entrance that looked super stupid when they had to do it on the road when they were traveling versus the friendly confined of nxt where they could set up his little rising platform in a cool way i was just amazed because as much as i thought that that was cool in nxt i never thought of that being what defined him as a character no it's on the main it's, roster. it's what got him to the dance that's what's it right like yep. the entrance i just think that they like it's frustrating from a standpoint of why the hell did you invest this money in him what what the 
fuck were you thinking? What kind of bonehead decision is it that you wasted this much money on some guy that you were just going to let go? You know, like, I understand Braun. From a perspective, it feels like Braun got his final shot to see if he could move the needle in any way. They weren't impressed with him. So they decided, like, hey, instead of paying this guy all this money to be essentially a mid-carder, because that's where we want to put him now at this point, let's just cut ties with him and go. That's fine. Alistair Black literally came out, kicked Big E in the face, and then disappeared forever into the fog. Like, that's such a weird thing. I mean, I was excited for a rivalry between Aleister Black and Big E. I felt like that was going to be a career-defining rivalry for Big E. Big E has this thing where he's kind of still this cartoon character, and he's still kind of, like, friendly and bubbly and happy and all of that. Aleister Black could have been the thing that drained that from him and turned Big E potentially into the next evolution of what he was going to be as a character like that i mean i obviously i'm putting way more into that rivalry just based on the fact that it was going to happen than then you know maybe it well there's so much potential there so it's it's rife with opportunity so i can understand why you would speculate it just it felt awesome and i mean immediately that's what i thought right biggie unicorns fucking rainbows happiness sunshine what a great person to put Alistair Black against to just be like, Rainbow no, that's everything. not that's not the real that's not the real life. That's not the real world. The real world is dark and terrible. And I mean, you could have even had Alistair Black come out on top, and still you would have had Big E somehow come back as a stronger, better version of himself, and it would have been amazing. You know, I, I don't know, man, but <laughs> oh, oh, I saw oh, that. I was I like, why are why are people like? Yes. I don't like this. I, I, I don't like that's, this. That's what all the spooky guys together. I think it's fucking exactly rad. It this is so rad. I like this so much. No I way. feel like sometimes things are very only if, only if Alistair Black showed up and joined Darby and they kicked. Don't you remember like the like? Don't you remember the Brood? Don't you remember like the you Acolytes? Don't you, want these to be don't you don't you remember um like the 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 dark faction that Undertaker had? Like this stuff is cool in my ministry? opinion. Yeah, the, the Ministry. Thank of you. Darkness. Yeah. Yeah, but Sting is not ministry? dark like these two. Like Sting is like. Uh, he wears face. He comes paint. out like he the like, crow. He comes out in the no, dead of winter. No, no. I mean, beak, beak, say it. He's a fucking poser, Neo. He's a goofball. He's a I love Sting, he but he's, he doesn't look scary, and he's religious, so it's all fake. Seen the crow. I bet he has no idea who Brandon Lee is. I am suspect that crow. Sting, yeah, Sting's like, I'm not working with this Alistair Black guy. It's he's not religious at all. Kayfabe. Yeah. I don't think Steve in this case scenario spend, sucks. Suspend your disbelief a little bit. Jesus I Christ. I no, I don't want to. No, I don't want that. <laughs> but you know what's funny is that is exactly what AEW would do with him. Yeah. Just, I just thought it was a, it could it looked fucking metal. It does like, look kind of cool, but you know? it just oh it's almost like so obvious. We need to talk about the most important well, thing. Well, think about it. Like story. that's kind of what happened with the Dark Order. They came out all no, that's what needs to happen. Alistair Black comes and makes the Dark Order dark again. That would be fucking right. Holy shit. If he was the new leader of the Dark Order, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, get rid of all the goofy shit. Like, Ten stops being a Joker goof mask. He just takes the mask off. No, send yeah. Alistair Black to Mexico and have him, like, partner with Bestia Say 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 and, like, the Psycho Clown guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get, that, get that deep street cred and then come up to AEW. Now, 
I meanwhile need to see Braun Strowman paired with John Silver. And I don't know if I want him to just treat John Silver like it's his baby son or if he'll carry John Silver in a back or if they do some sort of, <laughs> some sort of Bjorn, like on a yeah, Bjorn, like a baby Bjorn, like he comes out like in a little thing that Braun Strowman wears or incredible Hulk gimmick. John Silver turns into Braun when the lights go on and off. Braun's there, kicks his ass, boom, turns back down. Could have a shirt. It could be on Braun all ripped and small. Mm-hmm. When you know what I mean, like yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential. There. Dude, the very very first three two one battle show I went to, there was a guy named Mighty Mac who, while he was wrestling, picked up a mushroom and started twitching and went backstage. And then a guy came out who was wearing the same clothes, but he was ginormous, and that was the gimmick. He would use a mushroom to become gigantic. <laughs> Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that Tom and Jerry episode. I like it. <laughs> I'm with it. Uh, Hang on, the reason I was messing around over here because you guys, my window was open and my sprinkler came on and started spraying water all over my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! What yeah, a, that's what a an amateur. To break, uh, break, break the show real yeah. fast. Uh, no, I did want to talk about Lana though and how sad I am for Lana being gone. Uh, now, on one hand, I will admit that Maurice has replaced Lana in my heart as my oh, Lord. <laughs> because Maurice has just proven to be the kind, like the kind of, I don't know, ride or die that one could only hope for. Mike Mazanin, you definitely lucked out. Now, Lana, I think, uh, to be honest, did a great job. I, what I she had. I expected this to go. She did a better job on social media than what they, than what they were giving her for sure. That's very true. And I also think that I expected this a lot earlier, a lot sooner, obviously with Rusev leaving and going to AEW, you had that opportunity for them once her contract ended or whatever. And that, that could be the case here. Maybe this is a situation that Lana wanted. I'm not sure exactly. I will say that you know, it's it's hard to be away from the person you love, even though they're both in Florida and they could probably see each other regularly. But I'm sure they do. Once the you know once once, once, once traveling like, starts happening. Yeah. July. But really, could you work for Coke and date somebody who worked for Pepsi? Not me, friend. No, Not me. No. What kind of loyalty is that? <laughs> but I, I honestly think it's kind of like Raw and SmackDown. Even like you know they at they at times try to accommodate the fact that there are couples in WWE and one of those factors. yeah it was like Andrade and Flair right you now yeah exactly you know Ron Smackdown travel differently and it's difficult to you know be happy when you don't get to see your significant other ever I legitimately hope that this is exactly what Lana wanted I just think that to be honest she deserves her flowers a bit I think that she was never meant to be a wrestler obviously she came in as a valet and she made that transition uh she's never a great wrestler but after a while the exact thing that we kind of laughed about at one point happened where they put her through enough goddamn tables that people were eventually like stop she doesn't deserve this and they weren't meaning like lana (laughs) the character they were meaning lana the wrestler the person and then that kind of transcended over to her character where people kind of got behind her I thought they did a good job of making that a thing. I thought they did a good job of making the tag team with Naomi something that, you know, was... Wasn't it ravishing glow? Well, I mean, it was better than, I think, I feel like three of four of the other 
No, I, I'm not making fun of them. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the combination. I just thought, but yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that's definitely some kind of stupid shit that they would call it. Like yeah. they didn't treat any of their women well. I mean, I, I heard at one point that they were calling the fucking um, <laughs> Mandy and Mandy and what's her name. They're calling them the Muscle Barbies, and I was like, where the hell is that kind of name? Like, there's the weird situation where they don't really... like the Muscle Friends or some shit muscle friends I hate yeah that. yeah that was the name of my tag team when i was like eight yeah muscle friends muscle Heck yeah friends. muscle friends we got muscles <laughs> and we're friends doesn't it make sense that's it pretty straightforward actually yeah, yeah right kind of like looking at apollo cruz and being like i'm i'm picking up rocky vibes but i'm also thinking terry cruz your name's apollo cruz like <laughs> i feel like that's how they fucking do the names like that's exactly how they did it you know um but I don't know. I think that uh, it's easy for us as fans to see the downside uh, in all of this. I know that I'm heartbroken by the loss of Lana, and I think that she went through all those goddamn tables for nothing, but I'm sure she'll find success uh, in AEW. I'm sure they'll put her and Miro back together. I'm sure they'll be able to kind of rekindle maybe some of that Rusev crush energy that they had at one point early on. When I brought that up today on Twitter, somebody goes, nah, because... In the storyline, uh, Miro said to Kip that he shouldn't have his wife at ringside, so he probably wouldn't do that. I'm like, you you don't understand that a heel contradicting himself is the is the most is, is wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's wrestling. Yeah. Oh, don't. Oh, that's. Oh, mean. why is this up on my screen? This is what I want. I want this tag team to happen. Okay. You want her? No, it'd be awesome if she just showed up to kick his ass. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Get yeah. the feud going. Get a feud yeah. going. <laughs> yeah, because they 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 have their factions. They have their faction. What are they? What are they called? The the bachelors or the best men or no? That's Miro. But there's something that those guys. The wingmen. The wingmen. He's part of the wingmen. <laughs> the wingmen. Yeah. It's a bunch right. of dudes. It's a bunch of dudes that got each other's back when they go out trolling for tail. You know what I mean? Trolling for tail, Derek? Yeah. <laughs> Trolling for tail. I'm using their terminology. This isn't my terminology right now. They, word, touch, word, they, word. they touch tips with their pinkies. Sure. Oh. Pinkies up to the sky. Um, were any of these releases surprising to you guys? Did you guys? No. No, yes. yes. Me, me personally. Majority. Yeah. The only one I wasn't really shocked about was Santana Garrett just because that that video just popped up recently and is like the easiest excuse to get rid of her but but you see Braun Strowman's shocking dude Braun yeah. Strowman they put so much money and time and energy and like and it would seem like a bad move to get rid of the guy because if like say he does want to go to AEW and AEW does want to use him they could easily make him like a top star like yeah. Ron Strowman is as much as he turned out to be kind of a dork as a human being like he's a larger than life spectacle that's the kind of thing you want to every, see when you go to wrestling every wrestling promotion wants or needs or dreams of that having like that. Yeah. some sort of giant like character right. he, he can definitely even go to Japan and become like a new he could be a I'm monster. not saying to be Bruiser Brody in quality but he could be that scary gigantic monster that yeah. they're afraid of well I was talking I was talking today to someone about Joel, Joel Embiid in, in NBA and it's just so weird the way that his injury went and typically with big men, no matter what sport you're talking about, injury is a huge risk, right? Because with as big as they are, their bodies tend to be frail in areas like joints and such when they do, you know, uh, professional sports or any kind of 
high level athletics. I will say that someone like Braun Strowman, who seemingly is in such great shape for being such a big man and so mobile and so athletic, it, it really does seem like a rarity to me and the exact kind of thing that WWE wants. Not to mention, Neo, that Braun Strowman is the father of every kid in this town. So much so that he even uh, holds champions with them. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman once showed me a video of him making love to my wife, and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I think you played me a song about it. Yeah. Um, he'd eat a homeless person if you dared him. Well, people got to eat. Yeah. His poop is used as currency in Argentina. I heard he can fertilize a whole field. He sweats Gatorade. Delicious. He once breastfed a flamingo back to health. You know what? And now he stands on four legs. <laughs> he hated Mexicans, Neo. And the ironic thing, he's half Mexican. Ay, caramba. <laughs> what the hell is well, he doing well, back there? <laughs> trying to kill time until he comes back. Little known fact, Braun Strowman sheds his skin once a year. Oh, and then they use that skin to make the title titles, Correct. right? Correct. Okay. And then they put Velcro on it now. I don't know if you saw that, but the titles have Velcro on it. Nothing to me was as goddamn embarrassing as Bobby Lashley needing to unvelcro the WWE Championship belt in front of a group of women. You know, I don't know. You know what though? I heard, I heard it, I heard it, I heard it go when he unvelcroed it. That's nothing, because when he went to go pay for drinks, he had to unvelcro his wallet too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll say this though, in regards to the releases as well, my man. When it came to Aleister Black, that was the one that surprised me the most, just because, again, the recent run-in with, with, uh, with Big E and the vignettes, right? And, and Aleister Black, he was always that person that if you ask me, like, who would you want to see brought up? Or who would you want to see in, like, a match, you know? Or, like, if you had to pair somebody to go up against somebody, like, who would you want? Like, it was always Aleister Black for some reason. Just yeah. because his wrestling shoot style, it's just something that I always like to watch. And, and he seems really gifted, like, you know, like his kicks, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. There's something about the way he does it that obviously enables people to be able to take them the way they do. Because when they show the replays of him, he just plants his goddamn foot right on their face. And sometimes yeah. he, hooks, he hooks the foot part around their head after he kicks them. I understand kick pads and pads and all of that, but his kicks look pretty fucking devastating. And on top of that, everybody seems to sell them so well. From that perspective, it makes me think that that's a rare talent, that you can actually look like you're striking someone as hard as he does without actually hurting them. Not to me, not to mention his, his other physical gifts. His ability to be as athletic as he is, his his mixed martial arts skills, just the flips and the shit he does, the, yeah. the sitting cross-legged in the ring. Yeah, I know that's kind of a CM Punk thing we saw one time, but that's been Tommy N's thing for a long that time. That was his moniker. Flipping, doing the backflip and landing into yeah. a seated cross-legged thing in the middle of the ring. It's, it's just so cool. Everything about him is so cool. Uh, not to mention the fact that once again, He's one of the people I like to say is a great person in professional wrestling. Yeah. Meeting him one year at PWG Bola. We had the honor of eating uh, a late night dinner next to him. Kind of. Really? With a little bit. It was at Denny's. 
So everybody. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's not like we were with him at the same table, but it was just like you got the opportunity that night to see him interact with other people. I think that's the thing that I kind of pay attention to sometimes. Yeah. I'm okay sometimes when I have kind of an off-putting uh, interaction with a pro wrestler because I'm the atypical pro wrestling fan. I'm a guy in my thirties. Mm-hmm. I am have a beard. I'm a little bit overweight and I know way too much about pro wrestling for my own good. And I get that they see a lot of us, you know, so I don't really, yeah, take, we start to blend together. I don't take that much offense to it. Right. But yeah, uh, for me, it's, it's how I see people interact uh, wrestlers interact with other people. And it doesn't really matter who it is. It might even be another dude that looks like me, but I almost pay more attention to that than that. How they yeah. treat. I always feel like I'm going to be in my own feelings about it. You know, at the same time too, a lot of people that have been shitty to me turned out to be shitty people. Right. Like, even with at times having pretty pleasant interactions with Joey Ryan online, Joey Ryan was always a piece of shit to me in person. He just couldn't give a fuck about paying attention to me for five seconds. You know, when I came up to like a table of his at an event or to buy merch or whatever, like he just had no legitimate care to, you know, to, to interact with people. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that we hear what we hear. Right. And when we hear what we hear, we hear that, you know, obviously, Joey Ryan is a fucking terrible person in other ways. I've, you know, kind of, I've witnessed that. I've witnessed the way that he would, um, you know, use his status to kind of, yeah, sleazeball himself in real life towards other things, you know. But uh, at the same time, I'm just saying, like, it, it, it's sometimes not surprising when I look back at the poor interactions I've had, yeah. about where those people are at now. Meanwhile, I'll say, like, Matt Riddle, for instance, was one of the nicest people I ever met. I know he's had some weird um, allegations. I know he's had some allegations against him, but I'm just saying from a, a perspective of his attitude was he was always really cool with fans at events that I went to and saw him at. Yeah, 100%. Right. Now here he is at WWE at a really high level. Um, Same with a- like Keith Lee, you know, he's another well, perfect example. Keith Lee's just a legitimately kind human being Mm -hmm. he he has these authentic moments with people on twitter where he describes like meeting them at a place or a time Mm -hmm. and that's something i've never really seen anybody ever i don't know if he's trying to prove to that person how much he knows them or remembers them like yeah i remember you as that one time when we were in texas and you came up you know but like in kayfabe i would i choose to believe that he has a great heart and a mind of an elephant. He really does. He really does. Well, to uh, put a ca- and to put a cap on the Alistair Black thing, the bright side is, you know, he got to meet his wife on WWE. He was able to show a portion of his creativity. But all in all, I, I think when it came to, to to the releases, yeah, man, Alistair Black was is the person that shocked me the most because he had WWE. To quote Michael Scott, WWE has no idea how high he could fly. Beautifully said. That's it. Beautifully said. Now, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Of all the releases, who's going to Bullet Club? (laughs) Bullet Club is fine. Bullet Club is fine, everybody. Actually, you know, to be honest, of all the releases, the person who I could see in New Japan the most is Buddy Murphy. Well, yeah, yeah. 
I think his wrestling style was outstanding. He's I definitely thought, like a super junior quality. Right. And I just don't really understand what he did particularly wrong. I feel like everything he's been asked to do, he did. I felt like the rivalry with Seth ended up pretty well. He ate a lot of shit with that, too. It was pretty bad. You know what I never got to see him do was just be a wrestler. Like, I never got to see him. No, when, when he was in the cruiserweight uh, division, like, he was a really good wrestler in the cruiserweight yeah. division. No, that's what I'm talking about. But that was pre-Seth Rollins, right? Pre-Seth Rollins. I'm talking about once he's... Like, main roster. Variety, right? Like, they moved him into a weird... Disciple storyline. No, after that, after after he uh, after he came out of the disciple storyline with Seth Rollins, they moved him into a weird storyline where he was. Uh, oh, with Aaliyah, with Ray Mysterio's yeah. daughter, and a lot of people had a problem with that, obviously based on the age difference that they knew between these two people. Um, I understand people saying that. I also think it's wrestling. I think, and I, I will say this: that sometimes when I see that kind of stuff, I realize how hard of a time wrestling in general has of just doing storylines and such because it's wrestling so in some cases yeah they're kind of trying to make the situation something that you feel uncomfortable about blur mm-hmm. the lines or just straight out make you dislike a person with they, the goal is to always get some sort of dialogue started right. sometimes whether it be good or bad i feel like that's kind of where the ship has been being steered towards is just let's just get some sort of dialogue out there into the universe yeah. Now, the problem is, is that people know that wrestling is a scripted show. So they immediately, instead of the old dialogue that we used to have, which was like, man, I can't believe what a piece of shit Hulk Hogan is or whatever. And that Mm -hmm. wasn't because of the stuff he said on video. That was because he he turned heel and joined the NWO. That was a whole other thing. Uh, But like just kind of that, right? Like. The dialogue was different at one point because we didn't know as much and we didn't have the same kind of attitude towards it. We kind of blamed the character and the show and the plot line and stuff that was going on. And I now I feel like people go directly at the writers and they go directly at WWE for uh, doing this storyline and well, allowing it to go on. And, and let's talk about that a bit because how many times have we heard the story that Vince McMahon or somebody says, nope, scrap it. And we got to change it all up last minute. How many times have we heard that realistically? So many times. So many. And so that kind of, that was kind of one thing that Alistair Black, he actually defended the, the, um, the creative team a bit on his stream. He, he actually said, did a lot. I, I thought he, I thought he defended WWE a lot. Mm-hmm. The, the bridge was left intact. Like he definitely yeah. left the bridge yeah. intact. In fact, yeah. it's probably even wider now. Um, but, but that, that said, I mean, yeah, you know, let's not forget like the the old man is changing stuff up at the last minute. There's even speculation about these these uh, firings are um, it, it's a it's a it's how how would I put it? It's um cost cutting measure so that cost WWE. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There, it's like that. steps towards. Yeah, it was the beginning, the preliminary steps towards the, the the measures taken by a company to devalue itself. So when they sell it, they gain more from profit. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, because I think that there was a period of time where any WWE fan would have said, absolutely not. It's never happening. I don't want this company to be sold to some, you know, 
some studio, some some television studio, <laughs> some movie studio, some company that's now going to run it. But WWE itself has now become an unstoppable juggernaut as far as a corporate conglomerate, right? To the point where we've talked about quite often that they are more worried about all of the other things mm-hmm. that are WWE than the actual television show they put on that supports all of this, right? It's yeah. The, that's the key. It's the it's the catalyst. Is the wrestlers and the show and the stuff they do, and then everything else should, at the end of the day, revolve around that. But it doesn't feel like that at times. It, it feels oddly enough like there's this set importance on growing all of these other arms and divisions of WWE, yeah. but not really worrying about what kind of product that they put on television. You, you know, what's funny is there was something that I remember reading or, or listening to that back in the day when the WWF at the time, they actually did very limited television. They used television as a promotion to get people to come to live events. And right. when live events diminished, there was no money coming in from that. Right. So therefore, um, it, is COVID? Are you talking about COVID? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. So, so with that in mind, do you feel like WWE is still hurting because of that, that business mindset that they use the shows to promote more live attendance and they're not making money off merch? They're not making money off of endorsements. Like you said, the, these different arms that protrude out of the WWE monster and they're not focusing on one of their main things, which is television, right? Because now without television, they're not gaining as much money as they would selling tickets, selling merch, getting endorsements, selling pay-per-views. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know because I don't know if we're qualified at this point to even dive right. into this. But everybody, but everybody on the news sites have, has been saying that WWE is still, even in the pandemic, making money hand over fist. Sure. So they it have, really, really makes you want to scratch your head. They really uh, are. They have the Fox deal. They have whatever their USA deal is. The Peacock have, deal. I mean, when you talk about the fact that, yes, they do have to rent space at Tropicana Field or wherever they're at currently for the Thunderdome, they're still saving a ton of money on overhead, on, on other, overhead, on other things. It is to do a traveling wrestling mm. show that goes from city to city. I think when you talk about the, the the change in live attendance, I don't think it was just during COVID. I mean, we were talking yeah. quite often yeah, yeah, yeah. about the way that WWE needed to disguise the arenas. That's right. It looked like it was full. I and remember that. One time I came to a show with nosebleed seats and I got put on the floor. And it was wild because it's not even something I asked for. I came into the arena. I was supposed to pick my tickets up at Will Call. When I got to Will Call, they told me that WWE came and got my Will Call tickets and that I needed to go see a WWE representative. And I didn't know what I had done wrong at the in the moment. I was you there with my the rules. Tickets. I just had two, right? I just had two tickets. Um, they were comps. So I didn't even know where they were at. I didn't care because they're comps. I'm not picky like that. Beggars can't be choosers. And then I go over to you know, the, the WWE people that are kind of set up at this table over here and they go, oh yeah, you know, you were in section 205, which is upper deck. And they're like, we're putting you uh, in E, you know, 
So yeah. I was geeked out. We were on the floor. We were right next to the ramp. We got like Becky Lynch, the man signs. My daughter had a great time. You know, she enjoyed yeah. the all the fireworks and being close to the stage because the entrances are fun for kids. You know, they, they, they don't care as much about the wrestling as much as like the fireworks. And at least my daughter does. Um, so do you feel like at this point, like as, as we got something in the chat that Disney can buy the WWE? I don't know if Disney would want to. I say <laughs> it's probably gonna be like NBC. Disney has already yeah, asked Universal. Disney, I think, already has spread themselves pretty thin. From what I understand, w, uh, WWE's cost-cutting measures are similar to what w, uh, ESPN has gone through. You know, ESPN had a lot of kind of high-paid journalists, and sure, you know, they were they were whatever you want to call them. They were they were famous. ESPN journalists, they influencer were type, influencer yeah, types, right. But at the end of the day, they're still paying someone a ton of money to do the exact same job that they can pay some relatively no-name person to do it, and they'll make that person into a star on top of that because that no-name person uh, anchoring Sports Center or any other show on ESPN is going to become famous based on the fact that they're on that that network i think espn hasn't even really shown any sports for god knows how long so i don't even know what espn is anymore as far as an entity but i think that disney isn't going to get into something like you know wwe at this point when they don't even if the library is already sold to nbc i mean Right, it's not, it, not it feels like the writing's on the wall there. But yeah. you're right. Like it, now that they're kind of paired with NBC, now it brings up the possibility. Like, well, if they really offset or offshore or sell this business, it's going to go to some sort of TV guy, and then this TV guy is going to try to make a wrestling show. And here's the thing: is I at one point, like I was getting to or alluding to earlier, that might have been a um, like perish the thought kind of moment. Yeah. But now. It almost feels like the last 10 years has been WWE trying to struggle to figure out <laughs> yeah. how to get back on track. Yeah, the writing was on the wall. We just didn't see it till now. There was that thing on Monday Night Raw one time where Vince McMahon, Stephanie, and Triple H came out. And they were they basically said that they were just reversing course and they were going to do whatever you wanted to do. And we we're basically they were going to like start pushing the fan agenda. And that lasted for two weeks they never did that right they exactly lasted for two weeks they never did that and i mean in some cases you could even say at times smackdown became that it smackdown became this weird metaphor for wwe kind of holding their power over us it was like we're gonna make roman reigns the champion and he is gonna be the biggest most powerful end boss and he's gonna be a heel you guys want to heal roman which is what you fuckers always wanted but then we're gonna put all of your little favorite indie darlings up against him it doesn't matter who uh cesaro daniel bryan you fucking want edge back we'll fucking throw edge against him you know and we'll have him beat every single one until you and your little independent wrestling loving friends are so demoralized that you never ask us to push any of these fucking guys ever again. At times, that's what it's felt like. I mean, you want, oh, you like Kevin Owens? Well, we're going to have Kevin Owens lose to Roman Reigns. We're going to make everybody lose to Roman Reigns. Yeah. Oddly enough, they still told with that situation and that scenario, the best story that they have told 
on either of the main shows in God knows how long. And it's still going on. You had the Usos and this friction between them. You have, uh, you know, Jay, you have Jimmy coming back and just kind of being his old self and Jay kind of still just being this brainwashed version of a lackey to Roman Reigns that he is. It's the only thing at times with WWE's main two shows that I want to see that I have any interest in. Yeah, you know? NXT and, and SmackDown are the only things that I at any point want to invest any time and, in. NXT is a completely different story, and I'm not even throwing them into this because NXT, I feel like, does stuff just from week to week sometimes that, oh, yeah. that yeah. makes me interested. I think that Hit Row is one of the best goddamn things in professional wrestling right now. I love Legato Del Fantasma, even though they've kind of you know pushed them a little bit to the back. <laughs> I love... I love a lot of things that NXT is doing right now. The one thing with NXT has been patience when they get guys like Bronson Reed who kind of take a while to emerge, but now is the North American champion. There's just, um, they're just eventually NXT gets around to almost everybody. It feels like even when they have somebody like Cameron Grimes that isn't really winning any championships or in any kind of major title situations still feels like he's one of the biggest stars on NXT, just NXT, just because with the, the push that they're doing and, and the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase stuff and everything else. Like there's just a lot of, there's a lot of fun on NXT. There is a lot of fun on NXT. I, I said it a long time ago, but unfortunately wrestling is one of those businesses where there, there needs to be a lot of change. There needs to be a lot of fresh things happening. Otherwise, you get somebody facing off like what we saw, you know, at one point with like John Cena and Edge, where it seemed like John Cena versus Edge was the main event every single pay-per-view for like six months. You know, you're going to grow stale and bored of that. With well, NXT, and that's... NXT is, I just feel like NXT is both, you know, fantastic and a detriment to the overall product because any new people that come into the company go to nxt any 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 even sometimes even with someone that's been there for a while that they want to try new things with like finn balor or you know fandango and and mm -hmm. tyler breeze they they can still put them in nxt and have them try different stuff it's fun and it's it's exciting without that new injection of a new talent coming in here and there and everywhere the main roster doesn't feel that exciting anymore no right and so you could say oh well they bring up nxt guys that's fine but there's that's still not exciting that's still somebody that's been introduced i'm talking about like when kushida showed up on an episode of nxt when he first got signed or keith lee or like anytime they show those guys in the crowd uh at, at a takeover and the next thing you know they're at nxt none of that happens on raw or smackdown anymore Ever. so now raw and smackdown are just left to be boring and stale with the same old roster or in some cases you know when, when we do get new guys it's, it's kind of leftover bits i saw a lot of people talking this week about adam cole popping up as the number one contender for the nxt championship not only do not pe people not like it because it doesn't make sense because adam cole hasn't won shit lately yeah but a lot of people were in the hopes that adam cole was going to show up on smackdown that yeah i hope not his, his, his disappearance there for a week or two was going to mean that he was going to pop up on the main roster and kind of be out of the NXT title picture. 
I don't know what they'll do with Adam Cole on the main roster anymore without Undisputed Era. I don't know if Adam Cole is going to be handled correctly. I still think that it shouldn't happen. I've, I've been impressed with what NXT did with him, but I am sincerely worried about, you know, what would happen. No, I think he should fight to stay where he's at just because NXT has now proven that if you come from NXT to the main roster, nothing happens. The only person who's who who's like has a uh, a sliver of that right now is Matt Riddle. Think about it. Who else is 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 flourishing on the main roster from NXT? I don't know. Maybe Shayna Baszler. Maybe. Maybe, but she just lost to um, Reggie Reginald. I don't know if that's even flourishing. <laughs> she she was a champion. At, at let's time- get, but let's let's also like let's just say this. So, like you said it earlier where change is good and sometimes that just needs to come from a personal point yeah. right so sometimes wrestling fans you're listening to this if you don't like raw you don't like smackdown don't watch it watch something else do what you want watch what you want just find something else that makes you happy support what you feel like is putting on a good show yeah and if you don't feel like raw or smackdown is don't feel the need to give them your money once they start touring again and they come to your town. I know. Absolutely. How it I know. How Unless it it's comped. That's a whole. <laughs> uh, I, I, my point being is I, I know how it feels. I think that uh, we were talking in our group chat about they them bringing SmackDown here to Phoenix the night before SummerSlam. And that's, that's very tempting. You know, I like SmackDown way more than I like raw. And to be honest, I don't know for sure if we're going to go to SummerSlam 100%. So if we don't, I am there at, at SmackDown, most likely. If it's comped. Uh, if it's free. I <laughs> if I have to pay for it, I don't know so much. I don't feel like I need to spend my hard-earned dollars as much to watch SmackDown Live, you know, when they're not really doing uh, – uh, I don't know. We're, we're not, not, not doing some, good Sometimes, work. man, those live events are worth it just for the dark match. But I think the dark matches are so hit and miss that they are always subject to change, which is awful. So I'm going to be interested to see how once going back to live shows, if anything changes with the WWE or if they go right back to their old, you know, methodologies, their old policies and procedures as far as doing a live show. Right. Um, One thing I have always said about WWE shows is I don't really feel like there's enough non paid fan interaction with the performers in the crowd. I think that one thing that kept me going back to PWG for years was simply the aspect of the pre-show ritual with your ability to like both buy a beer and get pictures and autographs with guys. All <laughs> that was same, uh, all on the same line. That is the best, man. I, I really want us to go back to PWG. Hopefully soon. Hopefully it's just soon. such a unique experience. And then on top of that, you have the fact that PWG had such a good track record of finding stars that you know are inevitably going to be in WWE. So that you as a fan, you know, you do get the chance to meet him. And then you can say, hey, I met this guy that's now, you know, in a mid-card match on main event. And- yeah, I met Jake Atlas last PWG. And now he's a uh, surprise winning all the time. <laughs> one of his wins is somehow a surprise some sort of surprise roll up uh, anyway but it's okay man i mean at this point wrestling it is what it is it sucks that everybody you know has 
cut their losses, but I think wrestling Twitter has been overwhelmingly positive. Like people like Michael Bennett, people like, uh, you know, Zach Ryder, uh, you know, um, everybody's been saying like, dude, the grass is always greener on the other side. Right. And if some of them go to AEW, great. If some of them don't, at least, I, as long as they're happy, man. And if people are going to talk shit about AEW for picking these guys up, for giving them a job, in my opinion, you can kick rocks with that. You know, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's talking shit as much as it's one of those things that like, for me, for instance, I think that AEW made some lofty promises. We've talked about how at times they really didn't live up to those lofty promises. At times they slid back into that exact thing that people were expecting them to do initially. It was like, they just needed, they needed some time before they made Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks champions forever, and this and that. I think with me, the biggest concern with AW is their roster, is their size of it, their use of it. I feel like everybody now being involved in a six, seven-man faction just so that they can figure out something to do with everybody at times almost seems lazy. Don't get me wrong. I like a lot of the factions and stuff they're doing. I love Best Friends. I love Chris Statlander. Don't even get me started. You mean Buttlander? I love Chris Statlander. She's a Buttlander. Um, I love the Inner Circle. I think that they're great. Well, I don't I'll, know if I'll ever. I, I I need Jericho to stop doing stupid things so that I can stop feeling bad no, about. Factions are cool, man, and that's why when people are like, even in our chat, complain about how everybody's going to AEW, I just look the other way. Just because, you know, they're getting a job, and remember that. Kind of like what you said, AEW promised X, but remember, nothing is built overnight. So they're going to have a second show. They have two other shows on on YouTube that you don't watch, right? Um, like there's there's so much. Wait, two shows on YouTube? Yeah, exactly. That Dark you don't watch. Television? Yeah. Yeah. So it's that's I knew a, the fucking name of the other one. Stop being so judgmental right now. Look at you. Get that, that face off your look. Yeah, um, I, I'll say this stuff. Here, okay, but here. they're getting there because Rampage right. is coming, so that's going to be another show. It's 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 a matter of finding their footing and figuring some stuff out. And I, I get, get there, and I get that. I but just, honestly, it's better than what I'm watching on in the other brand. So that's why I've personally made the, the shift to like, you know what? I'd just rather watch this. You know, <laughs> let me say some things to defend them. First of all, if you're not a loser, you have a group of friends, and chances are, if you're going to get into a fight you're going to bring your group of friends with you to get into a fight. Mm-hmm. So from, from that perspective, I'll say AEW does make sense to have this many gangs uh, in, in their, in their promotion. I'll also say that I think that AEW is very good for professional wrestling. Whereas WWE at times seems to take in hopeful athletic, but you know, wrestlers with a lot of potential and then chew them up and spit them out and then leave them on the wayside with nothing of a career left. Uh, I, I feel like AEW is the opposite. I feel like AEW gives opportunities. I feel like AEW um, makes indie stars that they're not even going to You mean hire. they elevate them? All right. See, I'm not going to, all right. I'm not going to do this with you. I am not going to do this with you. <laughs> um, but they do, they elevate them, right? Like, 
they made the biggest deal one time out of Warhorse facing Cody Rhodes for the team. Oh, that was so fucking... I, I want to go back to those days. Those days are fun. And see, that's what I'm talking about, is at times, with the more WWE the uh, talent that they acquire and everything like that, the more they kind of are turning into people's perception of a modern-day WCW, right? WCW just became this wayward home for talent to land because they didn't want to quit doing professional wrestling and they still wanted big paychecks, but they knew that coming over to somewhere like AEW or WCW back in the day, it's less pressure. It's less whatever, right? Like you're going to have your guys that stand out no matter what, like Miro. Miro was a crazy release by WWE. I put him right up there with Aleister Black. Who's not an I didn't understand them giving up on. Mm-hmm. I thought that he just had too much charisma and potential and athleticism not to mention the fact that he's this monster to let him go you know who gives me like really big tong po vibes from blood sport god or, yes. Ch- or chong lee from blood sport right. there you go but he's just he's funny as hell he likes to walk around naked in his backyard and have his wife take videos of him there's all sorts of good things to love about Miro. um i just and like even the darby allen sting thing right as, as much as I could criticize him for it, if you were to ask me what I would do with Darby Allen and Sting, that's exactly what I would have done with them. I would have totally put Darby Allen with Sting. As I like it. Fact, when they had Darby Allen uh, be out there when Sting first debuted on AEW and he came out and did the, like, looking at his makeup bit, like, did I father you, boy? Dad? Like, I liked that, and my <laughs> first thought was, oh, my God, they need to put these guys together. And then they did, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I like this so much. <laughs> I'm your typical wrestling fan that when you give me what my what I want, then I'm like, eh, here, now let me criticize the thing that I was going to criticize you and say you were stupid for not doing. Yeah. Now that you did it, let me criticize you for doing you need it. To get, you need to be happy. You need to be more happy. I can't. I can't. They fired Lana. I'm not going to be happy. I'm never going to be happy again. Watch, she's going to watch. She's going to move to AEW, and then you're going to hate it because Marjo is in an, or not Marjo. Yeah, not Marjo. Sorry, that's another thing. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. Marjo can get it, too. Uh, whatever. I am just... Uh, I'm hopeful, I think, for these people. I think that they're going to go out. I think, I think that's, all, that's what we can only do. That's the only thing we can do, man. Just be hopeful. I'm sure everybody, with the exception of Santana Garrett, is going to find themselves in situations that probably make themselves happier. And Drake worse, because that guy's the worst. She's going to go around claiming that the election was a fraud uh, more. And I don't know, maybe she'll find peace in that. Uh, I would like to say that Double or Nothing did happen. We did watch it. Um, I know you watched it. You and I watched it a little bit. No. Uh, I fell asleep drunk on the. Doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) I actually watched it the next day while I was covering a baseball game. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought they did a great job with Double or Nothing. Uh, Even the main event, I wasn't too excited about, and it ended up being just an incredible match. Uh, I would I would love to see X. uh, I I would love to see Pac versus um, Kenny Omega in just a one on one. They should really have their rubber match because uh, I think Pac won Omega the first round, and then Omega won Pac this time around, and they should have their rubber match for sure. Uh, I, I love Orange Cassidy more than I love most wrestlers in AEW, but I will say, like, I felt this wasn't a great match for him, even though at times he did all he the orange right- punch the shit out of everybody. I thought he was fantastic. It was, just, it was excessive, but I loved yeah. it, man. It, it highlighted his strengths. 
and he played into everything that he does. <sighs> yeah, man. Sorry. Really- it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I, he had a really weird interview with uh, Colt Cabana on his podcast, and uh, it, was, it was so uncomfortable. Thing, but it was it was, it was fun. <laughs> it was That's... the first time that like he is kind of like Alistair Black and a couple of other guys we talked about, where I felt like he had such a good grasp of what his character was, so much so that we like the rest of us couldn't understand it right like he knows and i think maybe we'll figure it out in bits and pieces but Mm -hmm. and then he did that interview with colt and i realized he doesn't know he doesn't know he's just making this shit up as he goes along that's it i love him in uh in bte when he's just randomly drinking and stuff like that it's probably like my favorite thing and or or when he would compete for the bte championship i miss the bte championship bring that back i want to see more of that I, I, I like Orange Cassidy a lot. I like Kenny Omega. I like everything that they're See, doing. I like the fact that we saw Orange Cassidy at PWG and now he's main eventing AEW, man. Like, how, how fucking cool is that? He literally fell off a balcony while we yeah. were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Onto some guys. Literally. And then Darby Allen got suplexed onto me and now he, or he was the TNT champion. And you fucking dropped and ruined our nachos. Yeah, our- stop being so negative. Stop worrying about the negative, Derek. Think about the positive. All right. The positive was that I didn't get any nachos on me. Right? You're missing the point. Anyway, let's pick our winners of the week. Yeah, let's do winners of the week. Uh, Unfortunately, B-Cat Lady wasn't feeling too great, but I will turn things over to you and ask you, uh, who was your winner of the week? My winner of the week is going to be, I'll say it's going to be Thea Trinidad. Because now she has her husband back. And now they can go bop up and down and do whatever they want. They can go on Twitch and talk about whatever they want and hopefully hold hands into another wrestling company. Maybe she should take them to Mexico and just black mask the shit out of everybody. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that's my one of the week because I'm pretty sure she's also happy. I, I always kind of wanted to see them together, even though yeah, I guess character wise for what she was as a character and he was as a character in wwe didn't work i just see her showing up in some fucking dawn of the dead shit some fucking dia de la muerte fucking makeup almost thunder rosa like fucking Mm -hmm. some promotion like ring of honor stuff and just being the the harbinger of you know la muerte tommy fucking end coming back yeah it was between Uh, her and and mark henry but in light of what happened i i wanted to give it up to her more than more than anything well, I, w- I want to give my winner of the week to actually to her uh, counterpart that you're discussing, which is uh, Tom Hoodigan, uh a.k.a. Tommy End, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that's how you say his last name right. but Tommy, 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 Tommy. I, I think that, to be honest, like you said, this is probably a move that, when all is said and done, will be the right move. I know, just speaking from a little bit of experience that I've had a chance to kind of be given some big job opportunities and things like that, that involved me being fully committed to my work, which is how I see maybe working for the WWE. They ask so much of you as, as a person, as a performer, they take so much of your time. Uh, Sometimes when you wake up in the morning until you go to bed, your entire day is scheduled by the company, you know, 
scheduling interviews for you and having appearances and things like that that you really have no control over just like any other job that you have to get up and go to work i think a lot of people try to get to this level to have freedom to finally make it to be like i'm a star and instead they find themselves in the same kind of uh work servitude that anybody finds themselves mm-hmm. in when they're working a normal nine to five job which is what not really what anybody wanted going into this kind of career i think that Alistair Black was a tremendous character. And I think we barely got to even see what he did. Not to mention the fact that when you work for a company like WWE, I imagine you come up with a lot of ideas, right? For Mm -hmm. your character, for what you want to do, feuds you want to have, things like that. So I just feel like there's that potential that he has a lot of ideas that were turned down or a lot of ideas that weren't allowed to be used because of one reason or another that maybe he can you know he can resurrect and he can he can pursue i i i truly think he's a tremendous performer and i think he's a really creative person i almost forgot that until listening to the the twitch stream today and and just hearing how eloquent he was but like you addressed earlier I loved how he had never at any point fell into that trap of bad-mouthing the WWE. Yes. He did at times say some things about being held back or ideas not being, you know, kind of followed through with, you know, his disappointment with his character, stuff he wanted to do. But to me, if I was a former employer of his and I heard that, I would think, like, we dropped the ball on this guy. Because not only did he not use the opportunity to bad-mouth us, but listen to all these ideas he had. I didn't even know that all of these ideas got turned down. I didn't know that all of this stuff uh, we didn't do. This st- sounds like great ideas that we probably should have followed through with. Well, that's what Beak was saying. Like sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is talking about. And like, that's where like the ball can be dropped very, very easily. Yeah. I, I don't know because of all the rumors we've heard what the true, um, you know, true meaning, right. what the true reasoning is. I don't know if based on my personal speculation that it had to do with them kind of cleaning house with anybody that had any kind of weird controversy tied to them, no matter what corner of the internet it lived in. I was like a lot of people, I didn't even know that Alistair Black had any kind of weird QAnon beef with, with those people yeah or any kind of he was he was linked to it like without without his knowledge or consent right just the fact that he is this character on tv and a lot of people that follow QAnon stuff are kind of in my opinion easily duped and it's easy to buy into some character like alistair black being a you know a satan worshiper and everything else that they saw and then just make those connections from that point drake worse drake worse probably like idolize i'm sure he had something to do with this but fuck that guy uh, i think i think honestly i don't really know if alistair black was ever going to be given a fair opportunity had he not been let go i can definitely think of six guys right now off the top of my head that should have been let go and it starts with Riker and ends with Riker um that i would have let go before i let go of someone like alistair black um but what are you gonna do just hope for the best for the, and cheer for the people who you love. That's it. That's, That's all it. you can really do, man. It's weird, but WWE is kind of 
becoming Batman, right? Yeah. WWE is creating its own supervillains that one day are going to come back and attack Gotham and overwhelm him, you know, because WWE is producing these stories of people that I feel like empathy for and sympathy for and that I want to see succeed. And by the, by, you know, by that same perspective, I also want to see them come back and kind of take WWE down. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I really, at the end of the day, just want to be entertained and I want to stop worrying about so many things that piss me off with real life stuff with wrestling. You know, like I, I want to be pissed off by a fucking heel holding a championship too long. Or I want to be pissed off by someone uh, coming in and cutting a promo on the city of Phoenix and how we haven't won a fucking championship that these are the things I want to be pissed off by. I don't want to be pissed off by WWE's employment policies and the fact that they let talented people go. I don't want to be pissed off by controversies with these people happening left to right, like Velveteen Dream and Drake Wirtz and all this other shit. I, I, I just can't believe at times that this has become what my wrestling fandom is comprised it's, of. It's hard because your fedora wants to tip that way, but sometimes, buddy, you just got to tip it the other way. You just got to try your best, man. Honestly, because, I mean, be that what you will, but everybody was talking shit about, like, Anthony Agogo and Cody Rhodes and his promo and the fact that this and the third. But honestly, it was an old-school um, British heel versus American hero storyline that I have grown up to watch, you know? Again, it's just about sometimes you just got to take wrestling not so seriously. Right. Right. But it's hard for us. Right. This modern generation saw someone like a go-go as, as the face in the situation. Yeah. Talking and, about and, racism and oppression and people and, that are holding other people he, down. He always had like one foot in the heel, uh, in the heel spirit and then one foot kind of in the face spirit. So he was kind of like this in-betweener so that if in case he does pop, like we can still kind of spin it some sort of way. But I felt like, again, the AEW narrative was like, no, we need to make him a heel. But yeah, man, he, naturally outgrew it you know and that's kind of like the thing like you know well maybe again we just can't take it as seriously as it should because at the end of the day it's half naked men wrestling in their underwear yeah that's it man and and cody's dressing up like homelander for some reason <laughs> exactly <laughs> at times okay i'll say Ready this for mother's milk all right uh, let me let me start off with a compliment let me do the compliment sandwich thing I'm going to start off by saying, like, Cody Rhodes has always been excellent to me. He follows me on Twitter. We've chatted in DMs. Uh, I think I like the guy, for sure. Good, good dude. I really mean that. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think he means any malice or anything by anything he does. And I honestly think it's kind of just stepping in piles of shit sometimes that he just wasn't looking out for. Things, sure. things that he says, actions, whatever. I mean, no matter what, it seems like he's always kind of being you know kind of put in these situations where he's made to look bad uh, on the other hand there's well, some and, and i would be careful with that wording because it's not made to look bad per se oh that's his, his perception gets twisted well, let's just say not made to look bad he looks bad let's just say he looks bad he looks bad because of a decision he made or something he said that and and it seems to follow him no matter what he does right like i don't know if he intended to dress like homelander but it couldn't be more on the nose that he dressed like Homelander and he's I didn't, yeah, I didn't see it until someone pointed it out to me. And the, okay, so, so maybe 
It looks like a visual embodiment of that fucking jacket he had from Pro Wrestling Tees that a lot of people called like <laughs> the, the insurrectionist jacket or like what you would wear. Again, on it's again, people are choosing to suspend a narrative on something. And I just thought it was very like colonial, very like Rough Riders from back in the day or whatever, you know? I'll say this. I'll say this too. This is something that I've even felt, right? Like the other day I was wearing um you know a shirt i like to wear all the time which is this ron swanson shirt that's a very patriotic shirt has ron swanson from parks and recreation oh yeah it. the uh, white flag or waving a uh not white flag a american flag and then yeah, the, the roosevelt's fit yeah right, i love that thing man right the problem is is that even when i wear that shirt because of what proud boys and people that i don't necessarily want to be associated with wear at times, I feel a little self-conscious uh, conscious about wearing anything. It's so that bad because I used to love to wear Hawaiian shirts. And now I found out that Hawaiian shirts are associated with Boogaloo Boys. Right, I'm like, the, who the fuck are they? Right, like, and the not no, someone had to bring it to my attention. Yeah, just, the Boogaloo Boys needed to code their little fucking thing of calling it the Civil War II, yeah. the electric Boogaloo. So then they started fucking coding it even more. And they started using big igloo or the big luau which is why they started wearing fucking hawaiian shirts and pissing me off because that's my aesthetic is hawaiian shirts and fucking shit i wear american flags on fucking fourth of july and stuff because you know i didn't used to feel uh, uh i didn't used to feel shame in being patriotic but now these assholes make me feel that uh just all sorts of things that have changed in my life over the time right but i feel like that's that same thing right like it's it's really a but but let me say this every once in a while cody does something that makes me sit back and think does he really know what no and i know that seems fucking weird because some of the things that he gets into are like social things where it's not even about his character or something he did on tv but at other times i feel like why would you have such an ostentatious entrance compared to everybody else when you're not even the goddamn champion if you didn't really want people to deep down not like you, right? Like people come out of the left tunnel, they come out of the right tunnel. Cody comes out of his own thing, which probably should be reserved for Kenny Omega being the goddamn champion. But no, no instead, we, Cody we've Rhodes talked about this. Cody out. Rhodes has been doing this since the beginning. Like no, that's no. that's what he's been associated with. I understand that, but I'm again, just, I just feel like wrestling wrestling fans they become so pessimistic, but they just need to remember that wrestling is wrestling. No, it's not a pessimism thing. For me, it's a character thing. That's what I'm saying is like, what's weird with, with Cody is he would make such a goddamn perfect heel right now. And yet somewhere deep down inside, it even feels- Oh, like, I loved it even feels heel like- Heel Cody. Remember it, Heel Cody in ROH? Yes, but I you, that's my point is I feel like he's even laid the groundwork for that. Yeah. I even feel like that's what that entrance is about. Is it, it's like, a, it's like, it was a brilliant thing, but it's really not that. It's just Cody wanted to come out as with the biggest entrance. But it's not like it's like some sort of work where down the road they're trying to do it so that he slowly grinds on you, that you slowly start to hate him, that he slowly starts to have this like ego where he thinks he's bigger than AEW and he's the king of it despite not being a champion or ever. And then that he can just eventually become just so big and corrupt with power that he's just like what the Omega and, and the Bucks are doing right now is as reforming the Bullet Club, right? It's maybe not the right time for it because they are doing that thing. That's exactly, yeah, the, 
to, to answer your question, there, there, there would be too much of it. Right. You know, that's why he's in the mid card doing middle card stuff. So if he's in the mid card doing middle card stuff, then maybe he should just come out of the goddamn fucking entrance ramp. He's like had it. that entrance since the beginning. So he, it, it just wasn't a problem for me. Tomorrow personally. is, it could change it tomorrow. You they could. Tomorrow. You know, and I'm just saying, if that's the route you want to go, I'm it's just like FTR coming out in a truck, you know? But it, it's, or, not. it's not because Cody secretly, I feel like, doesn't understand quite why he gets the uh, reaction that he gets. That's my point. Is it's kind of like the thing so again, where you're again you're diving into someone's psyche that you may or may not understand no, what that's, they. That's what I'm. But that's what I'm talking about. At times, it feels like he's completely. It, at times, it feels like it's planned and directed, and it's something that he's doing on purpose. And at other times, it feels like he has no idea why he's getting the reaction he's getting. And it's because it feels like it's such a planned work of him turning heel. Like it, and it's just him doing stuff. God, it's your fedora him. is spinning right no, now. I, I don't <laughs> know. And that's the problem is none of it's working. It's not working in either way. In the case of like a go-go, like you said, I mean, everybody, every, the, the only thing that happened at the end of that match is both, everybody realized they didn't want to watch both of these guys wrestle in a match against each other anymore. And that the match wasn't, you know, good. Well, yeah, it was a go-go's third professional match. What are you going to do? I just don't understand how Cody is the face when he's attacking a handicapped immigrant from another country that wants to come to America for a better life. How is that a face move? Because you know, a go-go said, a go-go said, that the only good thing about America is the money. Everything else is in the toilet. Is he wrong? All Again, right. man, perception. Don't be Thank so pessimistic. Don't be so Thank pessimistic, you, y'all. Thank you, Neo, for listening to episode 493. <laughs> it's not even that many. It's 443 of the Steel Cage podcast. You can get Neo on Twitter. Uh, he is at the Neo X. That's E C K S. Uh, I am on Twitter at cap underscore caveman. And of course, Uncle Beak is on Twitter at James Vanderbeek. That's J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek. And of course, all roads lead to at this steel cage. Uh, send us an email. No one's checking that box. Um, <laughs> they're just gonna, it's just it's just gonna die in that box. But one day maybe we'll open the email box like a time capsule and then read all the emails and we'll have a fun episode. So send us an email to podcast at steelcage.com. And check out our shops. Uh, those are available at thesteelcageshop.com as well as Uncle Beak's shop at pentagonzo.com. Yes. Pentagonzo. That's the one. Pentagonzo. Spring.org backslash pentagonzo. It's not that. It's not that at all. Um, Neo, do you have anything else? You got Matt Mania podcast number 200 coming up soon. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to record it this friday i believe so fingers crossed we'll see if it actually happens though that's exciting so uh, yeah we'll see uh the only thing that i can add is um yeah emails um we also would like to revamp the patreon for the steel cage so let us know what you'd be into we would love it if you sent it to us in email form or if not reach out to us directly on on the social medias but uh but yeah we definitely appreciate it definitely we definitely want your input on that because we want to bring whatever content you guys are interested in We've kicked around a couple of ideas, including uh, some 100 milligram THC watch alongs with Uncle Bill, as well as uh, a number of other ideas just for shows and things you'd like us to cover. Uh, let us know if you want to hear about uh, MLW, if you'd like an AEW exclusive show, whatever you like. 
Uh, at this point, we're just trying to put together some content that you'd be interested in and help support the show to keep the lights on. A lot of the things we do uh, for this show and for the entire Steel Cage podcast just come out of pocket. So, yeah, you know, we, we'd love the support. And uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. We just want to make sure that we don't have to pay for wrestling shows ever. That's always been my goal. That's all we want to do. <laughs> for free. I got I got a job as an assistant commissioner just so I could watch wrestling shows for free. And it turns out I'm not allowed to go watch the show. So I have to stay backstage Oof. the whole time. Um, so I, I didn't really think that part through. And I'm going to be reassessing this whole assistant commissioner thing. I do want to address one piece of housekeeping uh, in regards to the assistant position uh, thing. Um, I, I did get hired as the assistant commissioner. Uh, not the assistant to the commissioner uh, well, or commissioner's assistant boy. Um, whoa. The commissioner's lackey. Uh, someone even called me adrenaline's ass commissioner, which is just wildly inappropriate. What's what's the ass stand for? Yeah, it's assistant commissioner, but they're oh, short. Oh, you know, they yeah, left the T off. You know, what the, you know what the internet does. What a know. bunch of jerks. Bunch of just grow up. Grow Why don't you know what did the previous did the current commissioner redo the catering? No, no. Did the did the current commissioner have hand sanitizer and wet wipes and and all that stuff in the back? Maybe I didn't. I didn't see her getting a single person ready in Gorilla like I was. Um, she was mostly drinking fucking whiskey all night long out of a flask out in the back alley area. So, and I'm not I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm just saying. As far as professionalism goes and amount of work um, goes, I, I don't think I should be the, I don't think I should be the part of the commissioning team that's questioned. You should be co co commissioner. Co commissioner, I like that. I like it. Um, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that some more. Uh, please check out the other shows that we have on this network. We have the Aussies top three. Uh, once again, performing a, a wonderful episode. Believe it or not, the episodes I've been talking about of Derek and Tim Eat Snacks are in the can. And as soon as I have some time in my life, I will be placing those on the website as well. So I appreciate you guys checking out this show. Thank you guys again for listening to episode 443 of the Steel Cage Podcast. And remember, kids, sometimes you just got to take your fedora and turn it to the other side. Peace.